And it's a, a yes and amen. In fact, uh, it's amazing when God gives confirmation because the scripture I'm going to come from and share this morning is out of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 and in the verse 20 where it talks about the promises of God are yes and amen. And uh, worship just came in with that song, Yes, Lord. And I want to share it because I, I, and I've been toiling over some things and said, well, you know, and I just got, sometimes I think, you know, and people listening, what do they hear? And, you know, and, and I don't pat myself on the back, but I, I, I see myself as a visionary and wanting to hear from God. God's been doing some miraculous, mighty things in my life, but they're not for me. God didn't hear me. He's still sharing things with me. He's opening doors, but they're not for me. They're for the people of God. And I get that, and I understand that. But I said, are they listening, Lord? I think, you know, uh, one of our, I wanted to thank God. She sent me something. She said, there's a leadership conference, and, and I read it. And I thought, they, they're saying revival, right? Um, relaunch and reset. Somebody ought to go look at their notes from last Easter. That's exactly what I said. That's what I said God was saying in this hour to us. That's exactly what I said God was doing. And I just want to encourage you because then that, that's the second and then one of my sisters walked in this morning and she said, Pastor, I, I need to talk to you because the Lord has put on my heart some different things, some business ideas. Right? And I want to share with you how important that is because we got to start thinking outside the box. This is, that was God. I needed to hear that because I said church is not going to be the same way it was. He said that already. He told me. I heard him. And I want people to know children of God, people of God. He wants us blessed. I need you thinking of those witty ideas that he's been giving you and who told you we can't use them in the church. Who said we can't use them in your life and you'll be a blessing from that? You've got to start. I'm, I'm telling you guys, it's not the same. It's totally. They don't even know how to explain it. But we have been so churched all our lives. We, can't, we think it can't be any other way. And I want to tell you what I'm hearing the problem. God's talking about walking out the promises of God. I'm going to show you in the scripture. He promised it and he kept adding on to people's lives. And every time he added on, it was different. It was never the same. What he did in Isaac's life wasn't the same as what he did in Abraham. Was there similarities? Yes. But he constantly keeps doing it. Because why? He has a purpose in plan, a plan in place. And he's got a purpose that he wants to accomplish. And I'm going to share something with you. It will be accomplished. The question is, will you be a part? Yeah. Or will you be stuck where we was, where we've always been? It's different. I don't even know how to Lord help me help me be able to express it this morning. And show to me. Speak, Lord, in this house. Speak, God, that you would be clear into your word to what it is you're saying in this hour for our lives. And God, I just thank you, God. Thank you in advance for what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to grab your Bible.
we're going to continue doing uh, God, this is Walking in God's Promise Part 2. This is the second week that I'm doing this. And let me share with you. This is important. When I wrote down some little, I, I was jotting stuff down. And I, I got time to rest and to spend time. I, can say, I know God's doing something in my life. Because I got to tell you something. I got an opportunity to rest and be at peace. And I'm not at rest. My wife's telling me I'm having full conversations in my sleep. Which means my mind is not resting. It's not at sleep. You cannot have a full conversation and talk. You can talk bits and pieces, but you cannot have a clear sentence and your mind not be in be asleep or rest. It's not. So I know God's doing something. I'm not I'm not mad. I said, okay. He's doing something. Come. He got me talking. Even when I told him to know him. <laughs> but he's working some things out. Because he's got it. So that means they're putting him in. He's got it. He's, they're deep even in my subconscious. So he got me thinking. Got me thinking. And I got my ears open. Listen to hear. What is God saying? What else is Feeling my spirit so important. As the church is just saying, please, please let go and let God. That's all I can say. Let go and let God. Do not be stuck in where we are. Keep moving on. And it, it makes sense because if I pull up a cloud by day and I pull up fire by night, it never stayed still. What happens is somewhere down in our lives, the murmuring and complaining and the doubting of God overtook the point to the way. They no longer, the people leaving the two, the promised land. Remember, the place is not just a place, a journey, but it is, it is a part of their life. But as they got there, they were supposed to get an inhabitant and they continued to grow and go from there, but they didn't do that. In fact, a whole generation didn't even make it in. But the ones that did got in. successes I've had in my life when I was listening to God. Amen. All the failures I had in my life were one failure when I was listening to myself. Well, let me say, if you didn't hear that, let me make it clear again. All the successes I've had in my life was when I was listening to God. All the failures I've had in my life, I want to tell you, is when I wasn't listening to God. It was when I, I got this stuff. Bible, if you're going to bring it up, if you have it in the Amplified version, bring, bring it up there. Uh, 
I think it will be a little clearer to you in the Amplified uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and uh, verse 1. I'm going to start verse 18. Verse 18. It says, But as God is true, our word towards you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and, and, and Sabaeus and Timothy, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. For all, somebody say all, all the promises of God in him are yea and in him Amen. In other words, he said the promises of God are yea and amen. Every promise God ever spoke and to any person he spoke to was always yea. And if you don't know what yea, yea is yes. Yea is I'm going to do this. You remember uh, he said to Abraham, I will make you the father of many nations. He said that to, when he says I will, the I will is him doing what he said he would do, and nobody can stop him. And by faith, Abraham believed him. And we know the story in 99, he's having a baby that he didn't think it was possible to do. But I mean, all things are possible with Christ. But he said, in him. And so there's seven scriptures throughout the Bible that say, in him. And in him I live, move, and have my being. So I'm very familiar with in him scripture. I don't show you anybody want to familiarize yourself with them. That's a great place for you to go. So when you start struggling with who you are, you should say, but in him I am who God said that I am. In him I am who he said that I am. So I confidently believe who I am based off of my in himness. So I'm not so confident in me these days, but I am confident in him. And so my confidence in him, as long as I'm in him, I can do and be who he said I could. And I believe that. So that's why I believe I can't be stopped with whatever God said that I'm supposed to be able to do. And I'm going to go further because I told you, Johnny Gatling, I'm thinking, listen to me. I said, God spoke to me. He spoke to me first. He spoke to you first. This is what he said of who I would become. In other words, and he said, I knew you in eternity's past. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. If the spirit of who I am existed in eternity's past, and he took and placed me in the place of my mother to be able to be in that place, and then he put a plan of DNA in my body through all this other stuff, and then it took nine months of fulfillment to get to the place that I could be birthed into the earth, and then I came out in this form of this human being. All on purpose. All, all by plan. And I just wonder how many people like God has planned this purpose, and I believe it, into the earth, who have yet to fulfill who they said they supposed to be. Oh, I know I'm talking now, because I'm talking about the promises of God, and I said, you have to walk in them. 
Now I gotta tell you, there every day I get up, there are many, many distractions to keep me from walking in the As is for you. Every day you get up, there are distractions that would like to keep you from becoming who God has called you to And if you get caught, it's easy to get caught in this world. You gotta be strategic. And this has nothing to do about being good or bad. But obedience is better than sacrifice. So I found out the key to success is obedience in Christ. Hello, somebody. So in other words, if he speaks to me and he tells me to do something, and then even plans to do his word, and his word is talk to me, and he gives me his word to guide my life, then he's part of his promises that he planned out when he showed me something, how he continues to guide me, but it's through his word that he wants me to follow. How do you know the word wasn't hidden from you? But it was hidden for you. Okay? You don't believe me? Remember the first time you read it? It didn't mean nothing. You remember, you remember something today. Boy, you was like, what is this? Right? And then you try to read it like a novel. From left to right. Oh, and you went to the first page. Oh, I can tell you exactly how you did it. Ask me how I know. I did it. <laughs> went to the first page, made absolutely no sense. <laughs> It was what? Without form or void. It was what? <laughs> Every promise in the Bible you find in God is a keeper of his word. Trustworthy. To fulfill everything he has promised. And I want us to know today God is not slack in who he is and what he says. And so I, I talked last week about Abraham and Abraham following the promises of God. But I, I want to just kind of continue on and show you again because now Abraham has two sons, right? Because he has one that is not the son of promise who God doesn't necessarily acknowledge, but God says, I'm going to take care of him. Okay? And then he has another son who is the son of promise when Sarah finally gets it together and she realizes what God said is true. And when God said it at 99, here they are having a baby. And the baby's name was Isaac. Isaac was the son of promise. Okay? Isaac's going to become this, this son that we need to know. So listen to this. So if we go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 24, I want to take the same thing that I talked to you about the promises of God on yes and amen. Okay? Don't lose track of that. But in verse 24, you're going to see that God has a plan in place. And what I want to share with you is Abraham gets to a place uh, in his life uh, that he is preparing for the end of his life. And so in verse 24, verse 1 says that Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord blessed Abraham in all things. By the way, um, at this point, he's close to 120 years old. And Abram said to his eldest servant, and to the house that ruled over them that he had, put, he said, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. And 
I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son or the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto to, to uh, Abraham, to him, Preadventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto the land. Must I need bring thy son again unto the land from which thou camest? I think this is important. Well, help me. Right, I want to stop right there because he's saying, Is this, he said, is it important if the if he's sending his servants, you don't understand what he's saying. He's sending his servant back to where he came from. Earth. Okay. He's sending him back to a place uh, where they were uh, idol worshippers. But they're his kindred. They're his father. And he said, but he wants his son to have a wife from his kindred. Although he's in the land of Canaanite, which is where God is. He says to his servant, I'm going to send you back. And you're going to find a suitable woman uh, for my son to be his wife. And the servant says, well, what if she doesn't want to come to this land? Should I get your son and take him back to that land? I thought this was significant for us. Abraham says, no. Don't take my son back to where we came from. He's the son of promise. You can't go back from whence you came to get to go where you're going. Or it will sidetrack you and you will miss what God's saying and what he wants to do. There is no going back. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. We too far. If you go back, he will be unhealthy and unproductive. Period. I'm sure. So I said, church, we can't go back to have a church the way we did. Nothing is the same. But so I in here, the prophecy is not going to show. He's, he's still with them. He's just going to do it in a different way. And he said, so this is Abraham talking his servants, right? In verse 6, he says, I need you to bring my son again from the place that thou came. And Abraham said unto him, Beware that thou bring not my son thither again. In other words, don't take him there. Verse 7. And I'm switching to the Amplified. He said, The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family and my birth. In other words, I've been pulled out of something. You've been taken out of something. You've been taken out of a place that was familiar. And oh, by the way, don't get mad at your family. And also, don't get mad at God that he pulled you out. I am not at the same place. I love my brothers and sisters and my mother. Extremely. Let me get that clear. But he pulled me out for a reason. 
And if I'm going to help them, I can't help them by going back in. Now somebody ought to, that's a message for somebody right here today. Love them, but don't go back. Oh, I, I, I know you heard me. Listen to this. Whom spoke to me and swore to me, saying, to your offspring, I will give the land, and he will send his angels before you, and you will take a wife from me for my son. But listen, there's something for your offspring. Oh, I received that. I received that. Y'all right gotta stop thinking, oh, it is even big. This thing is bigger than that. It's bigger than just you. Offspring. He said, let me help you here. The siblings, too. Thank you, God. You know what I mean? Because if we do and be obedient to what he said, the effects is going to be on the people around us that we care and love. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. You watch this. Watch this. He said, so listen. I ain't got myself all happy. So verse 8. And the woman said, not be willing to go along after you, then you will clear from the oath. He said, if she's not willing to go with you, then you will be clear from the oath that you must not take my but you must not take my son back. He's clear on that. But I also would like to tell you, he heard from God to give his servant instruction. So the instructions that he's giving his servant, he's fine with. And he said, if it's the person doesn't come, so if the person is disobedient. And don't obey. And I'm going to show you. Y'all see you in a minute. He said, then you will be clear from the oath. But because the Lord spoke, and because he believes the person is going to be obedient, it's going to happen. And so and what happens is, so when you're on assignment, and if you're on assignment, so not only from the assignment you got, and so I'm hearing you. So some of y'all are getting assignments from me. So you should be hearing that assignment. And then you should be praying to God. And then what happens is, there's going to be an alignment. And the alignment will be with what God wants to produce and for his purpose. Because this isn't about me or you. But it is about his purpose. All right. You didn't understand why. He said, he said, so verse 9. So the servant put his hand on the side of his master, he swore to him and concerning this matter. And the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed taking some of the master's treasure. So with him, so as though he journeyed to Mesopotamia between Tyrus and Euphrates and the city of Nord, okay, which is where Abraham is from. Abraham's, Abraham's brother. And he said, and he made him, he made his camel to kneel down outside the city by the walls of the water at the time of the evening when the women come out to draw water. And he said, Oh Lord, this is him praying now, this is the servant. Oh Lord, God of my master, Abraham, 
I pray you, cause me to meet with good success. How many of us are praying on the word we got and we see? Say, come back, good success. I pray you, cause me to meet with good success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. Verse 13. See, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of men of the city are coming out to draw water. And let it, let it so be that the girl to whom I said, I pray you, let down your jar that I may drink. And she replied, drink. And I will give your camels drink also. Let her be the one you have selected and appointed and indicted with your servant Isaac to be a wife. Come on, Pastor. And by it, I shall know that you have shown kindness and faithfulness to my master. Look at verse, from verse 15. Before he finished speaking, somebody said before. He was only saying said, but before he finished speaking, behold, out came Rebecca, who was the daughter of Bethel, son of Malachi, who was the wife of Nor, the brother of Abraham. With her water jars on her shoulder. And the girl was very beautiful and attractive, chasing him and modest and unmarried. And she went down to the well and filled the water jars and came up. And the servant ran out to meet her and said, I pray thee, let me drink a little water from your water jars. And she said, Drink, my Lord. And she quickly let down her jars unto his hand and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, Will I draw water for your camels also? What did he ask? What did he say? Everything that he asked for and everything that he said is now happening for him, which gives him an indication he knows exactly who she is. I want to point this out because I was talking to you about the promises of God. So if the promise of God was given to Abraham that he would be the father of many how is it possible for him to be the father of many nations if he only has one son? But God has a plan and a purpose, and God cannot lie. So God tells him he's sending and he's aiding the promise. This is what I want to help y'all with. Y'all got to stop for God's move. If he promised it, he's able to do it. Promises, problems, and then provision. We gotta stop getting stuck at the problem. I can assure you, if you've been given the promise of God, sure as my name is, whatever my name is, Dr. Ray Williams, that a problem is going to show up. Immediately after you've been given a promise. 
me how I know. I, I, I tell you, I love, I love young people who are coming to Christ and everything. And people would be connected to me. I said, boy, you got to be careful. But I said, I can assure you, so I'm not going to quit. So I can tell you, if you want to help me, be ready. You're ready to fight because people come after you. I can assure you of that. I can tell you all that now. Everybody that knows me and anybody that's connected with me, all of y'all experience that. But we also know he can't beat you. We even know he can't defend you. But everybody here knows he will come and attack you. It hurts me because I can't stop to do it for you. But I need you to be able to endure because I need you to know this too will pass. Because greater is he that's in me and in you than he that's in the world. So he doesn't have the ability to stop us, but he does have the ability to inflict some pain. I'm trying to help the body of Christ because we get we get like we get to so woo woo and think that we're coming into God with how this exists, and then we find people um, falling away and going backwards and going to the left. And the question is why? Because um, he isn't going to give up or give in just because you you gave you went to the left. And by the way, you can give him what he wants all day long, and he's still. I want to do what he said he's going to do to you. Okay? Because he's a thief. He can do a steal, kill, and destroy. He hasn't come to bring any promises. He came to take it away. <laughs> uh, so, he, and by the way, if y'all haven't figured that out, he doesn't, you were promised. The first promise happened in heaven. I just got that one. I just got it. That knew that first promise happened in heaven when he said, let us. Who was he talking to? Us, himself. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Let us make man in our image. What did the guy who got kicked out of heaven want? I want to be like the most high God. So because he wanted to be like him, he got, he got kicked out, but he gave that right to you and I. And he formed it back to us in the earth. Where he was kicked, where the other guy got kicked out over. He knew he was here. Oh, let me help y'all. He knew he was here. But he gave you, us, the authority. No. So he says, he says, he says, before he had finished speaking, behold, came out Rebecca, the daughter of Bethlehem and, and, and Micah, and he said, the wife of Noah, the brother of Abraham, and her water jars, and the girl, she was beautiful and attractive. And then she said, and the servant ran to meet her and said, I pray thee. And then, as she said, she drink, drink my Lord quickly, and her jars, and she gave it. And then she said, shall I you know, give the camels some water too? And he's like, oh my God. And she said, quickly, empty her jars into uh, the trough and to ran again to the well to draw water for the camels. And then the man stood gazing at her in silence. I mean, his mind was blown. I just thought it was Everything he just said, 
right? The man stood there glazing with silence, waiting to know if the Lord had made his trip a prosperous. And when the camels were finished drinking, the man took the gold earring out of the nose, the nose ring of half a shekel weight, and for and for her hand, two bracelets and ten shackles a weight of gold. And he said, Whose daughter are you arguing? I pray you tell me, and is there room in your father's house for me to lodge there? And she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethel, son of my God, and her husband is Noah. And she said to, also to him, We have both straw and trumpets to fold and enough also for you to lodge with us. And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. I shared all of this to tell you that God had a plan in place. And God forgave Isaac, Rebecca. Rebecca would be the mother of half of his children. A major part. And her sister, Leah, would be the bearer of the other part. Both of them are from the same lineage. Which made God's word true. In spite of, and by the way, uh, there's a whole bunch of part of the story I'm not going to get into. I can tell you, he goes to stay when when Isaac gets to marry Rebecca, and they come and they get there, and he gets to the, the being a part of his his household with the Lord what he needs to do. He's there, but his brother, his uncle, is a tricky as he is. But when God has favor on your life, it doesn't matter what tricks somebody brings. Come on Because in the scriptures, when he asked to take his daughter or wife, the, the uncle switches girl. He switches off. And then he makes him work seven years for her. And but in order to get Rebecca, he gotta work another seven years. So he's the plan is delayed. By a trickster, but the plan doesn't get stopped. My point in telling you this is that God has a purpose and a plan, but when He promises you something, He puts a plan in place to carry it out. And sometimes He'll be, not sometimes, all the time, He will bring forth some aids and things to help you get there. So all of this along is that Rebecca is a part of the plan in order for Abraham's son Isaac to have children that He promised him. And he's going to have 12 children. His father only had one. Or two. He's the son of promise. He has 12 children. Twelve is the number of foundation. Twelve will be the 12 tribes. Twelve would be like the twelve apostles. Twelve is a number of foundation that is in place, so it was very significant to God. So what am I sure doing now? I'm telling you that when God has a plan and God has a promise, He will put it into play, and so He does this even with the twelve sons. Now, I, thank you, Lord. 
This is so unique. And listen, the summary, uh, I said, listen. In this session, you will see how God provides a white rising so that the covenant promise could continue. We will see that God directed his path of Abraham, his servant, to find a wife for his master, the son, among the people. He also gives Isaac more than just a wife to continue the family line. But the woman who provided him the love and comfort he needed. So although he has one wife that will give him the children, he had another wife that provided him the love and comfort he needed to be who God called him to be. So I'm going to share with you, God's never forgotten about you. He's never forgotten about your care and your personal and your needs. Okay? But when we go even a step further, we look at this covenant family, I wanted to share, when I looked at this, I started thinking about the whole beginning.
I try to get people to see that God has a promise in place for you and I. God cannot lie. So he wants us to fulfill who he said and calls to be. The struggle or the problem is most people tend to fall short of who they are and give up, turn back, and give in to trials and tribulations. But I need you to know no, nothing, no weapon formed against you can prosper. So the scriptures covers the basis in all of that. But it never said that weapons would not form. Hear me. It never said that trials and tribulation won't come. It said it won't prosper. I get attacked every day almost. Now, I have to know, I've got to make sure I leave out the house. <coughs> Listen, don't leave home without I know that. And I'm not talking about a MasterCard. I'm talking about the armor of God. Okay? As long as you got the armor of God, you're going to be okay. Now I'm going to go a step further. As long as you can go through this trial, because the promise will protect. So the covenants, I was talking about these covenants, right? This is the, so how many, this is conversions fulfilled in the future, including the reign of eternal peace and the conversion of the full number of children of Israel and all of that that's talked about in, in, in Christ in Romans 11. But how many covenants there ha has been a matter of debate? From the earliest times to the general agreement, the coming of Christ ushers in a new covenant era. The word testament is the same as covenant. So we know there's an Old Testament and a New Testament, right? So we can say there's an Old Covenant and a New Covenant, right? They're interchangeable. And this is so, he says uh, from the earliest times. So, um, so the New Covenant era, the word testament is the same as covenant, but both Hebrew and Greek. But the Old Testament was fulfilled in Christ, not abolishing it. It is true, meaning that it was interpreted that the light, theologians have therefore said that there is only one covenant people. Okay? One covenant people, but two covenants, and the old covenant was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. So in other words, his coming into the earth, he fulfilled the law part. And he said that those that live by the law would die by the law. And then he came and brought grace. Oh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. None of us would be here today without his grace. Because of his grace and his mercy and his love and kindness for us. And this is where we're getting confused. So because we get involved and, and sin has come and trying to reign in our life and, and sin will come up. But because sin has come in and God displays grace, what happens is nothing happens to you right away. Too many people continue. That's why. Because nothing happens right away. But for my dog, when I'm training my dog, I have an, an invisible fence. I have an invisible fence. And when the invisible fence, you couldn't see it. It's a liar. And 
plugged into the house for a box, a transformer, and I plugged one side up and plugged the other side up. At that point, I created current running through the wire, right? Then I put a receiver on the dog neck. The receiver is on the dog neck, so the receiver gets close to that wire. It can see through the wire. It gives my dog a shot. No shot. It wasn't horrible. It was really quiet, right? It's not. <laughs> but the dog don't even like a little shot, especially for something they can't see. Dogs do not like surprises. Okay, so uh, it would give my dog a warning. It would ring uh, like a, a bell sound that just ring through so the dog. The dog could hear you and I could, but the dog could hear. And if the dog kept going and I disobeyed the warning, then the shot. And my dog would run back. Okay? And then my dog would be kind of testy. It would not have a pencil. Okay. There's nothing there to stop my dog from running through it. If they run through it, you get on the other side, the shot's gone. Oh my God! Some of y'all got that already, right? Some of y'all have been stopped by shock in your life. But there's really nothing there to stop you to getting to the other side. But because you took the shot, you ran back and didn't go through to get to where you are. So the, the, the enemy is just like that, okay? We put these boundaries up around us, trying to keep us within a, a certain. So it, listen, I can. Uh, I'm gonna help y'all in the church. I can help you say a few shouts, shouts, and hallelujah while you're in service. But when you get outside and I shock you, <laughs> what you gonna do then? Put your tail between your legs, or did you stand up and boldly speak to it? Okay, let me share with you. He, I, I don't know how young ladies. Okay, so and I shared all of this. You said, well, what is that? I said, you have a covenant. It's in place. He has a covenant with us. He says he's going to fulfill it. And it's, and it's not going to abolish, right? So here, listen to this. So interpret it like theologians therefore said that there is only one cover people covered by both testaments. But that has been worked out of being out or administered in different ways. The old covenant is said to be an administration of the law. While the new covenant or renewed covenant is the administration of grace. And why am I talking Promises are due to the covenant people, which means if you're here as a child of God and you're a saint and you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord, He's your Lord, then you have a right to the promises. That's right. You need to know that. Now, hold on, I gotta tell you something. We promised the people we would give some heat. I'm saying we need to turn the heat up. Promise. We would give them make them comfortable. Help me out, brother. I'm hot up here. We help the people out. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the distinction is through helpfulness is to be simplistic. Both administration can contain law and grace. 
though there is a difference of degree, since the new covenant reveals with the coming of Christ a greater degree of clarity, of grace, than does in the old. So, some theologians have drawn a contrast between the new covenant and the covenant based on God, or God's glory, the covenant creation, and the covenant work. Originally given to Adam and Eve, based on the created order to fulfill unfaithfulness. The covenant was broken by Adam and is only ultimately fulfilled by Christ, the promised seed of Abraham, of Adam, and Eve. Within the new covenant of, of grace, is the different stages of development. Abraham is given in the covenant movie. So follow this order now. Once over here, that's why we're getting it. I started, I didn't start with Adam, I started with Abraham. Okay. We all know Adam and God took place in, in all in all. But now we get it. Abraham, he's listed. So it says that, uh, that this Abraham was given a covenant rooted in justification. So justification, Abraham was justified how? By faith. His faith justified him. His faith, Jesus hadn't come yet. So but because he believed, he believed on the word of God and with what God was saying. As in, he said, his justification was given to him as in, in his faith was given to him justification. And with just right, it's the same right that I believe he got the right to be a born again or a believer in Christ through justification. That was the covenant that he had then. So you and I can't experience the same good point of God. Being a born again believer until Jesus comes. So then everybody would ask the question what about everybody else? Right? They were under different covenants. So they're included. They're not excluded. So Abraham there and his people come from, uh, listen, so that uh, comes through with, with Abraham is justification by faith and is sealed by the sign of circumcision. For all of those that had gone through that process. And then later, this covenant was renewed with God through Moses, who gives now the law. He takes Moses up on the mountain, gives him the commandments. Now, these people, they don't know whether they circumcise or uncircumcise. doesn't matter. What matters is they give these 10 laws, and this is what they got to follow. And if they can step outside of this, then they lose who they are in relation with God. Blah, 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 blah. That's how it But again, it's a part of the covenant. But the promise, all of this is a part of the promise to get to the way we are. The only reason I'm sharing these different covenants is because each time you get something different with each of the places. And so I want to share with you. Do you think God does not know where we are as a people of God? And so he has us at this place, right, on purpose. We're here. But my question is, at what point are we going to trust God? And just get ready to seek our face to do something different, or we're going to continue to try to do what we've always done. Come on, God, what point? Now, I, I, I'm going to repeat my leaders up a little bit here, a little bit, just to beat up, but they know they, they, they're tough enough, they can handle it. They, they're used to it. Okay. Love up. Truth be told, love. But I've been speaking for months now that God is doing something different. And then I said over a month ago, change the Bible study. Just like that. Like, this is how I operate. No planning, 
He said changing is not the same. Why do you keep doing the same old thing? Change it. It's not working. That's what I heard. The next thing off, we're doing this. And the next thing we're doing this. Spoken for with planning and any, any, any. And, and that's my problem. So I just share with you. Here's what you're going to create. So I am a visionary. As a visionary, I forget to dot the I and cross the T. I, mean, I don't do things in excellence. But let me say, I, I don't want to make that sound that we don't do it in excellence. But I will constantly read out the things that if you can't look at it, you might not read it right. Right? When he sent me people who probably be right there with me and dot the eyes across the team, I said, We got you. Because I already know. I see big picture, I don't see little stuff. I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. I know who I am. I know what it is. So in that, but I can I tell you guys got a plan? We got some people working, some good people, by the way. That's why I can say that. But they suppose they they can stop waiting. Yeah. <laughs> and Pastor, there's, there's no that I is not dying. Pastor. It's not a T or an L. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask you, Lord, is it is it a T or an L? Like oh now I know what the word is. Now I know what you're trying to say. Now I know what you're trying to do. So, he, so I'm hearing this, and so I said, okay, all right, share everything. All of this happened. Thank you, God. Okay, but he says, share Thank you, God. Because it is, I, I, I created y'all the way I created It is who we are. So, so I'm talking about this different covenant, right? And we, we went to Abraham. We start with Adam to Abraham. Now we're going to want Moses is given the law to govern the lives of God, the people who show the Christ. And then, then there was a further renewal of the covenant. And then this time, guess what? It goes a little further to Moses. And now, guess what the covenant goes to? David. My favorite one. Right? But it don't stop there either. So it goes to the covenant with David. He takes the son. Bastard son, the eighth son. The son that ah, the son that wasn't even considered for the prophet that took the poor oil off. The one that was in the field that smelled like an animal. But he was the one. And God poured out the anointing oil on him, and David does what no other king has ever done. So that he reigned for 40 years, 40 years of smithing, 40 years, and also remember the generation. Remember 40 years in the wilderness? David reigns now for 40 years, but he's the best king they've ever had, and he doesn't fit. Did y'all know how many times he went to battle? Oh my God, yeah. Thousands of times, thousands of times he went to battle. Y'all know how many wars he lost? No. Zero. He never lost the battle. Y'all heard the scriptures that David, uh, Saul killed a thousand, and David killed 10,000. When he went to it, he didn't sit there and watch his men fight. He fought with them, but he was the greatest warrior. That's why nobody touched him. Because he was a powerful, mighty warrior. But my point is saying that if you did what God said, you got a covenant. But we went from Adam to Abraham to Moses. And you see the 
all of them were sons of the promise. All of them understood that they were a part of the promise. I'm taking this identity question. At what point are we going to recognize that we are the children of Abraham? Okay? And Abraham went to Moses, and Moses goes to David. At what point are we going to recognize we are part of the promise? Hello, somebody. At what point are we going to recognize who we are, who we are, and what God has called us to do? And we're going to say that if those who start to do that and become that, amen? And so I share that And then I'm going to end with us. I think I've, I, I feel like I've come here with us. Okay. I will never be in that book by name. But I'm in the book. But I'm in the book. You're in the book. And I'm going to follow God. And I'm going to follow the promises of God. And the promises of God are yes and amen. Remember where we started. I wanted you to remember that. So because he was saying, so that part, although we may fail in other areas, and he said, all this other one means is yay and nay between you and I. Right? No, but what does his word say about who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing? And we said to the church, we are called to be servants of the most high God. I am a firm believer in servant theology that we are supposed to be leading the way. Okay? This isn't about, you know, uh, you know, this big and glamorous and I mean, it, it, we see it, but we got a mandate. 
I'm good. Because I know we're going to make a difference. We're going to change something. We're, we're, we're changing that. We take, we take babies in, in kindergarten and teach them to read and write. And then we go back after some of the ones in the first and second that missed it, and we help them. And we see the smile. When you want to see something great, is when you see a smile come on a child's face. Get something that they, they, they've been longing to have. Somehow that missed. And it was up to the enemy. He back us to keep moving on and act like nothing happened. The devil is a liar. Let's call him out at what he said and what he did. And let's go back and address it. So what? We got to go back and do our first work so. Just don't go back to the place that was our forefathers. So the promises of God I guess in the end. But I believe it is to the obedience of the church. Not no building. The church, the ecclesia, the called out one, the people. It is our job, our duty, our obligation. As he promised, he will fulfill what he said he would do. You just got to be obedient to go out and accomplish it. And if you'll go and start doing it, just take one step, he'll help you with the next step. That's right. Even if you got to provide some water. Somebody give God glory.
Let me say it with good people on this side, y'all. How in the world did I ever live off of less and get half more? I followed the plan. When I followed the plan, I became a tiger. I gave and I gave and I gave and I continued to And But then, you know, when I was working, I was, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, all of a sudden, how things started happening in my life, I couldn't figure out, well, I didn't know how that happened. But it happened. Right? I started looking back at the year down the road, and I asked them who we did. And what it happened? How is it that we got this and we didn't have that? So it wasn't based off of dollars and cents. It had to be based off of my giving. That's the only thing that made sense. Because right. I, could, I couldn't run up and make sense. Yeah. How in the world would I make it? Had to be. Had So I want to encourage you to plan. And I've been talking about that with times and offering. And let me share with you. It's, you've got to figure it out. I came in the back door just like you. You said, well, what do you mean by back door, Pastor? I came in with car note house note, a ledger bill, and, and a Macy's card. <laughs> so it helped some of y'all out, right? So had all of that stuff with us, right? And I had to decide, okay, well, what was more important? And who was more important? And I realized that if I, I needed God to pay the mortgage. I needed God to pay the bill. And so I started to walk right in the middle of the Oh, I had it on the other three. I mean, uh, Every other week. Every other week. It's a mess. No. It's easy. It's easy. You have oil in your house? It's expensive. It's not bad. Just do it right, and that's it. That's right. If you can do it, then do it right. All that. <laughs> You're not straight, straight, straight fat. Definitely. 
Nothing. It's crazy. So if I could drive a nice car and have not. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yes. I I can take that. Think Eagles gonna get first contract this year? Absolutely. How we know what he's doing? How we know what he's doing? Y'all was saying that two years ago. How we know what he's doing? Y'all was saying, fire him. <laughs> Look what he did. Because if he if he would have messed up again, he would have definitely been about there. If he if he do what he did last year, he would have definitely been out of there. It's going to be interesting. A lot of free agents. I hope. AJ? Yeah. Not a lot of people are Thank you. 